Coming to you from the long-running music review website, adobeandteardrops.com. Both got hooked on the sweet temptation. Bringing you all of the amazing music that you're missing. I found my peace hidden in the story. My death will hold no need for mourning. From New York to Florida and all around the world, Rachel and Vaughn bring you the Adobe and Teardrops podcast. Both got hooked on the sweet temptation. Some ethical final destination. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Adobe and Teardrops, episode 111. I feel like since it's a bunch of ones, this is a lucky episode. Maybe 112. Next episode is the lucky episode because it's divisible by four and three. I'll let you be the judge. Let's get into the music with Caleb Cottle. I will be writing the review of this album, Better Hurry Up, Unknown Depression. It's going to be out on Friday. Gonna give you a sneak peek of it today. First up is Call It A Day. Patreon subscribers, you'll get bigger oceans. I am very interested in this album. It feels very like 70s groove-esque. Kind of makes it nostalgic. And uh, something I'm going to touch on in the interview is like, what does it mean to be nostalgic in this particular moment? When we all wish we could be outside or even just like, going to the office or whatever. But it's also just a fun listen. So Call It A Day is definitely kind of more on that funky spectrum and Bigger Oceans is more of that traditional Caleb Cottle sound with like acoustic guitars and beautiful lyrics. So let's jump in with Call It A Day from Better Hurry Up by Caleb Cottle.
After Caleb Cottle, you heard Bishops with Circles. Patreon listeners also got Temporary. This is from their final EP, The Good Things Never Last. Tucker Riggleman wrote a beautiful essay about the EP on their Bandcamp page, but basically Bishops has been Tucker's like two-man project for quite some time now. He moved back down to Kentucky from, I think, uh, where was he? West Virginia, Pennsylvania. Um, and now he has the cheap dates. And that band's been taking off in a way that Bishops has kind of struggled. So as you can hear in these two songs, Bishops has like a very sort of grunge-heavy sound. And the Cheap Dates, whom I played a couple months ago, they got more of like a poppy country kind of sound. So this is the last release, the album had just kind of gotten stuck in production for a long time. But if you buy the album, you're going to fund the next Cheap Dates album. And, uh, you know, I think it's a really interesting uh, sort of look into Tucker's duality with this like really heavy rock music and then kind of fun, but also sort of acidic uh, alt-country. After Bishops, you got Strip Mall Ballads with Pullover Johnny. Patreon listeners heard Susan at the Crossroads from Strip Mall Ballads' latest album, Distant. So this is a nom de plume of Phillips Sailor Weiser, who is a founding member of the Shiftless Rounders, and he tours with the bluegrass band King Wilkie. This album is the story of his time hitchhiking through the Midwest, supposedly true in the early 90s, and Pullover Johnny is about Phillips going on this adventure after he like met somebody sort of playing. He calls it the crossroads. I'm imagining it as like a sort of truck stop, and then away they go. Or sorry, that was Susan at the Crossroads. Not sure what Pullover Johnny is specifically, but definitely like a, a scene from that summer. Coming up next, we've got Cave Flowers with Upper Hand. This is from their self-titled album, and I will say that persistence pays off. Cave Flowers have been sending me a bunch of their songs over the past couple months, and for whatever reason, this is the one that really hit me. The whole album has got like these sort of like cosmic country sounds, but this is the one that won my heart. I think uh, Henry Derrick Ellis is from Seattle, and so I think there's like a sort of grungier feel to Upper Hand than some of the other songs he's sent me. And this is going to be like a set of kind of heavier music, but I think you'll enjoy it. So we'll kick it off with Cave Flowers Upper Hand from their latest self-titled album. Tell me 
in the middle of the set there, you heard Nikki and the Phantom Callers with Blue Moonlight from Everybody's Going to Hell But You and Me. Patreon listeners, you also heard Micah Hill. The band is led by Nikki Speak, who has plenty of reason to dive into the gothic, as you heard in these lyrics. Her mother died when she was young, and she now works as a registered or licensed dietitian. And so that means she's helped plenty of people grapple with their innermost demons, with temptation, with regret. And you could hear all of that on this album, which is like this kind of fun mix of like punk and pop and sort of like a psychobilly. It's got it all. It's great. And then you also heard Heather Valley with Ohio River. Patreon listeners got Trawler. And I just want to read a... Her bio, in light of watching Tiger King over the weekend, it definitely made me think of her. She writes, I'm an independent Americana indie songwriter based in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I put myself through school to become a lawyer, but I lost everything when I fell in love with the wrong person. He was a con man who was arrested in front of me at the Buffalo border. Music is my second chance. So as you heard, uh, Ohio River's got like a kind of heavier sound that reminds me of Angie Matson, who I played a week or two ago. And Trawler's got, like, this kind of sunnier vibe to it. But the album Desert Message has, like, a lot of different modalities, and you're going to find something to like in there. So go check it out. Before we get into our last set, I want to remind you that if you want to send me music, you can do that through Submit Hub. If you want to send me money to help support the podcast, you can send it to Kofi or subscribe to our Patreon You can hang out with me while I record the episode. You can listen to extra music. You can get the podcast a little bit early. Think if I get my act together, I might start letting you all pick out some songs. So it's totally worth your time. I also want to thank everyone who sent me money through Submit Hub unwittingly and on purpose through Patreon and Kofi. Together we raised about $100 to send to East Nashville Tornado Relief. So, great work, everybody. Thanks for listening. Up next, we've got the Atkins Tent Revival (laughs) with uh, Baby Says She's Gonna Be a Porn Star. And, uh, you know, the title gave me pause, of course, but the lyrics are sweet in their own way. The Atkins Tent Revival is based in Buenos Aires and is led by Waco native Ben Atkins. So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I wonder if this is kind of like a retirement project or something. The EP is called Getting Older. And this is the sex-positive feminist anthem, Baby Says She's Gonna Be a Porn Star. My baby says she's gonna be a porn star. Oh, she's gonna make her dreams come true. She called to tell me on New Year's Eve, said, baby, I love you and I want you with me always. If I ever by my side, but I can't keep
said she gon' be a porn star And who am I to say what she does with her own damn body Sex and love, they were never the same thing See, I lost some lovers When my jealous mind took hold And I'm here to tell you, brother
and buzzards, I can see them circling the hill For fourteen nights, baby, I have cried myself into a frenzy, into a deep blue shade Until sleep is just a memory and the circles all around my eyes leave me sitting here Sobbing on my spade And the ghosts around my bed, Lord They will never be seen But all night long They whisper around my head And they tell me stories
back to face the cold are coming A shot in the dark hit me straight in the chest Bleeding ruby red blood that would have otherwise gone to my head Putting names to nameless faces Taking sunsets in foreign places We made a left when it seemed right was wrong But I wouldn't have it any other
this was a bit of a longer set, so just to refresh your memory, after Atkins Tent Revival, you heard Andy Brasher with Crows and Buzzards. Patreon listeners, you also heard Checkbook from his debut solo album, Minor Bird. Brasher opened for Kenny Chesney a couple years ago with his previous band, Brasher Bogue. But this is his first solo album. It's got some solid Americana. The producers on the album worked with John Mellencamp, so of course it sort of like tickled my ears in the ways a few songs do. And I was really into the way that Brasher's got like this really intense way of singing, but also like he's got a big sense of humor. There's also a song on the album called Drugs in the Chip Tip Jar that I recommend you check out. Then moving into like a kind of more somber direction, we've got Chloe Foy with Callous Copper. She's a rising folk singer in the UK, and I was drawn to this song, sort of like interlocking arrangements. It's really complex, and you don't always hear people taking risks with that kind of stuff. And after that was another lady from the uh, wider English-speaking world with uh, Jackie Bristow and Blue Moon Rising. Lots of blue moons this set. Uh, that's a single, and Bristow migrated from New Zealand to Australia to pursue a music career. She got started singing when she was a kid, and she and her sister were performing church hymns and touring across New Zealand. I love the blues groove here, and, you know, I kind of had to dig into it. It was just great. I'm looking forward to hearing more stuff from Jackie. All right. Getting to... The main event of this podcast. Uh, last week, I interviewed Fred LeBlanc of Cowboy Mouth about their latest EP. It was a longer interview, but don't worry. My interview with John Thomas Griffith, the longtime founding guitarist of Cowboy Mouth, uh, was a bit more focused, shall we say. I thought it was interesting to listen to both, sort of back to back, because the two of them have like very different perspectives, not in a bad way, about the band's direction, its history, and how things have changed. Uh, once again, I invited a group of people to join us on the interview, so you know you'll hear me uh, invite people to ask questions. My sister Cece jumped in again. Definitely, when I was editing this, I had trouble telling her two voices apart. Uh, so we're going to start off first with "Man on the Run" because that has the lyrics that this podcast is named after. Cowboy Mouth recorded this song several times, so we're going to go with a version from Are You With Me. You'll get the interview, and then I'll play you out with King of the World, which is from the current release, Open Wide. So with that, stay healthy. The music we trust, the music we believe. Take care of each other. Western 
I guess uh, let's get started officially, if you want, because it's three-ish. And we've got Shannon on, so I'm sure other people will be joining us soon. Um, so yeah, so basically the way these free Zoom accounts work is that they cut off after 40 minutes. And um, they're supposed to give you like a warning before they shut down, but when I was talking with Fred, they didn't. So I think... Uh-huh. <laughs> And as you know, and as he admits, so I'll just say it out here, he definitely likes to, he's a very gifted storyteller. We'll put it that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess what I'll do is I'll ask like, maybe like two or three questions. And then if anybody else who's joining us has a question they want to ask, cool. I'll turn their microphone on and they can jump in. Now this will replay on your podcast? Yeah, everything's recording right now. Actually, everything we, you and I have been talking about has been recording, but I can cut that out. Um, I will say, though, that for everyone who's just tuning in, uh, I learned that Griff has a, a second career as um, a thief or a locksmith, depending on how you choose to use those skills. Uh, he was telling me he broke into tennis courts since they're currently locked up over in L.A., right? Uh, I'm in Palo Alto. Oh, okay, sorry. North, North, North Cal, yeah. yeah. Okay. I've uh, been here a couple of years. Um, I've, I've obviously, I've got a studio here, and I still work on my film music and mm-hmm. stuff all the time. Uh, I pitch that stuff to, um, to producers and music supervisors and commercials and film and documentaries and uh, anything I can get, get into. Um, I just pitched a, a song, Follow Me, to NASCAR. And they wrote me back today and said that uh, they were interested in the song. And they were, uh, it was going to be presented to the owners of NASCAR, and then they would make a decision on whether or not to use the song for their uh, upcoming season. Oh, congrats. Yeah, that would be really cool. That would be a really cool thing that, you know, when NASCAR, uh, I forget, I think it's ESPN, I forget who the, the, the sponsor station is, but. Um, you know, when they make that decision, if you, if, if you can get a theme song, that's kind of like the, the golden nugget in, uh, in this world of themes and, and uh, music and, and TV and stuff. Um, uh, so anyway, they, uh, if you get a theme song, it can be very lucrative. Mm-hmm. Is this the, the song that I, 
it's on a, like some on some travelers recording that I feel like I have somewhere. Uh, follow follow me is uh, it, well. There's two recordings. There's one on apples and onions, right? Right here, mm-hmm. and uh, there's one on uh, on the cowboy mouth. I believe it's uh, it, it might be fearless. Yes, that sounds right. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, uh, it would be good. So I keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, that's all cool. you can do. Yeah. Well, I guess. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, what I was going to say is, I guess for anyone who's listening to this who isn't as familiar with your music or with Cowboy Mouth, I should uh, point out that Adobe and Teardrops gets its name from a song you wrote with Paul Sanchez. Um, I was wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit more about that one. Well, uh, yeah, Man on the Run uh, is a song off of uh, Are You With Me? And I also have a finger-picked version off this album. Uh, uh, yeah. I think that's apples and onions. Yeah, apples and onions. And uh, to be honest with you, um, I uh, doing the finger pick version. When I do that, it it almost seems more um, uh, lonesome uh, or uh, stark, and uh, more so than the 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 rock version has more um, uh, urgency in it. Whereas the finger pick version I find is uh, more uh, lonely and, uh, and actually gets a little bit a different quality to it that still works. It works great because to me, it, it, the, the song was written about a trip that I had taken out to um, California in about 1996 or five, 95, 96. Cowboy Mouth had been playing uh, constantly every weekend we had never taken a weekend off um we had uh been touring the southeast relentlessly i mean it was like to take a to take a weekend off was like a miracle you know at that point i mean we'd been five six years really going at it hard and um we uh we found that uh we needed some time off so i had bought a brand new car and i drove to california to see my cousins and uh, my friends from New Orleans. And it took me four days to get there. And I camped out in the desert every night, uh, except maybe the first night in San Antonio, I got a hotel room. Um, but when I came back from that trip, our, um, our first gig back, I think was in uh, Lafayette at the uh, Grant Street Dance Hall. And um, I had been working with this, chord progression in this little chunky riff, the tink, 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 tink thing. Um, oh, hell, might as well show you right now. But it was basically, all I had was this. And I had the chord change. And I showed it to the band, but I had no lyrics and I had no chorus. And um, I, after sound check that day, Paul came up to me and he asked me about my trip. How was your trip? And I went into this long story about how I was in the desert and I stopped in this bar and this, I sat next to this old Vietnam vet who had totally had gone off the, off the line. And it, there's a whole community out there, by the way, in the desert um, that don't answer to anybody. They have no government. There's like little towns where there's, um, these, these guys, they're basically, um, they go to swap meets and they, they trade goods and that's how they make their living. And they, they just live in these small communities. And uh, 
they are off the grid. Uh, there's no electricity, no bills. They don't have any government association. Uh, uh, it's it's really a, a, a remarkable society thing, societal thing that, that's living out there in the desert. And this guy was explaining to me that I need to be careful, um, even though I explained to him, I'm just passing through and I'm just in this little bar um, called the Thunderbird Lounge. I'll never forget it. It was on the side of Deming, New Mexico. And there was a, uh, a I had to take a break because I'd been driving for 10 hours. And I'd stopped and I said, well, you know, it's really nice to go do a shot of Jaeger and have a beer and then go back to the hotel and fall asleep. And um, this guy sat down next to me and just started telling me his whole life story and offered to take me out to this truck and sell me a gun. <laughs> and I was going to need it. So yeah. that's where that lines, those lines come from. Uh, it was actually all true, you know, and I, I, you know, and I was looking for some redemption and this stuff like this. I was just trying to, I had had polyps on my throat from smoking uh, marijuana and drinking too much and, um, and singing really hard. And uh, I had just had them lasered off uh, and it was a perfect time for a break to rest my voice and to ride out to California and uh, just kind of soul search for a little bit. And uh, that's, I came back and told the story to Paul and literally, I mean, it wasn't 15 minutes. He came back to me with a sheet of paper. So here's your lyrics for your song. <laughs> and it was basically everything I just told him condensed form and, uh, and they worked perfect. And it, it was a great songwriting collaboration. I, you know, to be honest with you, one of the things I do miss in Cowboy Mouth is, is Paul's input. Um, although we do still kind of get together and write now and then and play together. Um, when he left the band, I, I really, uh, I lost a, a, a really great songwriting partner, um, you know, that was right there by your side all the time. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, you know, we see he and I still do Lonesome Travelers and are planning a new record. And oh, that's, awesome. That's going to work. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I feel like I should have him on here if he wants to, to just sort of like complete the trifecta. Um, yeah. But I know he's also had some like health concerns lately, and so have you. So I'm glad to see that you're on the mend. I yeah. mean, you don't have to talk about that. I just want to say that like from person yeah. to person. Um, uh, well, you know, I, I got to honestly, you know, most of my, I feel like some of my best songs have been created with Paul. Mm -hmm. You know, the songs that I sing with Calvin Mount to this day, a lot of them are co-penned with Paul. Sanchez. So, uh, you know, that says a lot, you know, it's me. Um, he's still one of my favorite songwriters, you know, he's very, we, we have, we have such, we, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but we were doing Lonesome Travelers about a year before Cowboy Mouth even formed. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were doing small little bars in, in New Orleans and uh, singing uh, old country songs and Everly Brothers, uh, you name it. Um, and at the same time, I had a, a side band project called the Wild Peyotes, which was a country band patterned after the uh, Flying Burrito Brothers and Grant Parsons. And uh, so we did a lot of that stuff uh, back then. And that's kind of, I guess, what, the, the, what happened next was he had asked me to join Cowboy Mouth that Fred, Fred had called me and they had discussed it and said that they were uh, looking for another guitar player and had said, well, I'm playing with John Thomas Griffith. Why don't we call him up? He's not doing that much, you know? So that's kind of how I got into Cowboy Mount was uh, basically playing with Paul for a year and a half beforehand. 
so then Cowboy Mouth was originally like Fred and Paul and Steve Walters, who was playing bass, were talking and then invited you into it? Well, to be honest with you, no, Steve Walters wasn't in yet. We had oh, a guy, okay. Had a guy Fred and Paul. Paul. We had a guy named Paul Clement. Oh, okay. Who, a local bass player in a band called Woodenhead. And Woodenhead was a progressive rock band <laughs> that, that, that just played circles around all of us. You know, they were way over our heads, you know. So, um, uh, but Paul had, he had offered to stick around for six months till we found a, a new bass player. And we finally convinced Steve Walters in that six months to become our bass player. So, um, you could say Steve Walters was an original member, uh, but uh, technically Paul Clement for six months was uh, kind of held down the base for us. That's um, so funny. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, and Steve Walters coming from the Normals, which was a punk band in New Orleans, which uh, I grew up on as a teenager. Uh, so it was, it was funny. Um, they all had a band called the Backbeats. Right, with Vance the Generous, that was brother. Vance Generous, uh, Paul yeah. Burke, uh, John Herbert on harmonica and vocals. And Paul Sanchez was the lead singer, and Fred was the drummer. And they opened for the Red Rockers a lot when we were playing locally in New Orleans. And so that's how I got to know Fred and Paul real well. And uh, so, yeah, so we've known each other probably close to 40 years now. Yeah, that's a long time. That's so crazy. I know I don't look 40. I'm just kidding. No, I don't think you do. I will say, though, that when I, uh, Cece, my sister's on the call, and when I told her that um, we told our parents that we were going to be talking with you and with Fred, and my mom's like, oh, Griff, that's the cute one, right? So she still remembers <laughs> taking a picture with you one time. God bless you. Asked, but, yeah, so I'll let her know if she says I that. Need all the I can get. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I mean, yeah, I want to definitely want to give some time to other people, but I guess um, Cowboy Mouth has a new EP out, Open Wide, and I was wondering, yeah. since you and Fred are really far apart at this point, how does the recording process work? Are you all getting together and well, uh, recording, or are you just recording your parts separately? Um, over the past few years, I'd say the past decade, uh, mm -hmm. we've been able to do stuff. Everybody has their own studio or has access to one. Um, Fred and I have uh, done a lot of stuff where he'll lay down the drum tracks at his house um, and forward them to me on a two track uh, and I'll include it into Pro Tools or Logic or whatever and I'll do my tracks and then I'll, we'll, we call them stems which is basically a, a separate track, each track separate um, and I'll send him all the stems and he can place them where he wants and he basically produces the songs and produces the album. Uh, in this case, for this new album, we uh, actually got to sit in the studio with Fred as he directed what we needed to do and what guitar needed to be played here and where, and keyboards and, and Hammond. Um, there's a really great song on this album called uh, King of the World, which I love. It's a really high octane song. You know, We're also doing a lot of stuff um, I think uh, Sad Song and uh, Kiss the Baby. Kiss the Baby was on Fearless. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a re, it's a redo. And uh, Sad Song is an old song of Fred's that's been around for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, cool. Toulouse, uh, Toulouse is, uh, I think, a relatively newer song of Fred's that he's written recently. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely include all of it 
on the podcast and stuff. Um, yeah. And then I know that you are working with Jonathan Predis, who is a Cowboy oh, Mouth yeah. alum, on yeah. uh, some yeah. other yeah. stuff. Yeah. I love Jonathan. I can't say enough about him. He's just a, a great guy. He's uh, offered to produce this new album for me. So uh, we are working and now we're kind of shut down because of all this crap, but uh, we can still go through the, the airwaves and, and pass stuff back and forth. So we've got five songs demoed already and um, just waiting to just kind of get it all together. Um, new songs are coming about. I've got so many tracks that I can't even see straight. I can't, it kind of gets confusing after, it's a good problem to have. And, but I have so much stuff on, on here, on the iPhone, on, uh, in my voice memos that I haven't even gotten to yet. And uh, some really good ideas, I think. It's gonna be very, uh, uh, it's gonna be rocking Americana, you know, just like I usually do, you know. Um, Good songs. I, I love working with Jonathan. He's so, um, he's got a lot of, he's, he's a great musician mm -hmm. and he's a great singer. Great. Uh, I love singing with him. Uh, he's a great harmonizer. He's just, you know, being a, um, a, uh, a Beatles fan too, you know, he's just, he knows all, he knows everything he has to do. Sorry, I'm laughing because he just walked uh -huh. on and he's like making all these faces because he's just trying to handle all the compliments. Oh, <laughs> my friend JP. He's sneaking out of work. I won't. Don't tell anybody. Oh yeah, I uh, also am ignoring a work text right now. But uh, those are like my main questions that I had. So I'm gonna turn off everybody else's mics. And um, if you wanna ask Griff or JP, since it's on your question, uh, let you know let y'all rip. I just need to figure out how to unmute you all. Thanks, Rachel, for doing this. Appreciate of course, it. happy to help. Oh, there was a whole button that said unmute all but I want one at a time. So yeah. Uh, I, I, I've always what, are we, what are we doing, what are we doing? Uh, if you want to ask uh, JTG a question, he's all yours. Hey, Sorry, Shannon, I'm uh, getting you down. When are you going to give me those $40 you owe me? <laughs> <laughs> right now, dude. Ain't nobody working, man. Let, let, let me get my change jar out. All right, cool, cool, cool. Did you tell him about the, the new record? It's going to be tight. You, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. You look tired. Just, a little, you look a little. <laughs> hanging with the dogs. You know? Uh huh. All right. Um, do y'all know what like the title your time. of this? This is all your. This is your time, dude. You, you do all the yapping here. Um, do you know what the title of that album is going to be yet? And are y'all going to tour on it? Maybe. You know, uh, there's one song I really like that Jonathan helped me flesh out, and it's a song uh, we titled it called "Another Day." In and uh. I, I'm still working on finessing the, the lyrics uh, because I want them to be very um, uh, up to date and current on problems and issues and stuff. And uh, but it's a really good song. I, I really like it a lot. Uh, it, it, it should be. Pow I think it's gonna be. Pow right? <laughs> it's JTG goes Bono. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Very political. I'm going to the UN today. I'm going to fly to New York. We're going to address the United Nations. Um, yeah, if anyone else has a question, uh, I did turn some of the mics off because there was background noise, but you can either type into the chat or there's like a little reaction thing you can do, and then I'll basically I'll call on you. But if you're all just here to like hang out, that's totally fine too. Cool. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I wanted to say, uh, 
that um, working with JP uh, is such a such a nice, I guess, uh, detraction that from the usual way you work with uh, producers. He's so nice and gentle, and, and <laughs> I guess I don't know what to say about it. He's just uh, I love singing with the guy. He, he's got one of the best. Uh, harmony voices I could ever hope for when it was and um uh and great ideas and um he's taken some of my ideas and made them a ton better uh, um that I could never have imagined um with all these riffs and the, you know I've got tons of riffs on my phone and you know on, on the computer here and um a lot of them started out as basically uh songs for film and or for a TV or for a commercial or something like that and um, I remember the first, we had a, I remember the first big uh, kind of, I guess, not a contract, but a, a, an opportunity to, to write a, a song for a commercial. It was a Chrysler commercial. Do you remember that, JP? Oh, sorry, hold on. Let me turn it back up. There's some background noise. I think we were backstage in like New York or we, Boston. New York City, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. We were either uh, Washington Plaza or... We what, uh, Webster Hall. Webster Hall. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we recorded it on your laptop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for that Top quality audio. <laughs> it was a cool riff, though. It was fun. Yeah, it was a really cool riff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I came... Uh, and then we've got this other this uh, hole in my. I shoe. actually I used that. Um, oh no, I'm confusing that. I'm thinking of that. Um, oh, the, the, you're th you're talking about that. Um, Are you talking about kind of like beetly, yeah. ba 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 type thing? Yeah. Uh huh. That's yeah, I remember that. That's right. I have to dig it up and listen to it again. I haven't heard it in a while. Yeah, dude, that was cool. Yes. On a track. This is the one that we did, the one he's talking about that we did for like a Chrysler spot that we tried to get, that we did not get, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm sorry. Bad. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you, try. you have to try. You, you yeah. Gotta... yeah. All you can do is try. Mm -hmm. Persistence, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Just so, just FYI, I'm, I'm actually supposed to be in Iceland right now. <laughs> Honestly, uh, Kim and I were supposed to, we were supposed to leave. Uh, I think four to five days ago, um, mm -hmm. and uh, Iceland shut down just the day before we were supposed to leave. So, um, but uh, anyway, and we weren't coming back until April sixth, I think. Um, so, uh, this is my trip. It's, it stinks. Yeah. I, I, I I don't want to get into it. It just seems like it's just. I just hope there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. this whole thing. I, I, I feel like you're in the danger zone, Rach. <laughs> you know, like you like way in the danger zone. I just hope it all works out for you. you yeah, know? I'm trying not to think too hard about it. Cause yeah, I guess you can. Uh, you know, yeah. if, I, if I did or my sister's here, if we did, uh -huh. I think uh, we would be getting out of bed. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm teaching and I'm teaching remotely and it's really frustrating and confusing for all of us. Like not all of my students have stable internet connections even. So like, oh, wow. but they really just want the community of the class. So uh -huh. even in, I'm just reminding myself of that, no matter how like annoying it is that I have to send out the same email 10 times. <laughs> like 
people sort of want the normalcy. So me getting out of bed is going to help provide that. Yeah. Yeah. I just worry about the homeless population, especially mm -hmm. here in San Francisco. And I know what it's like in Los Angeles. I, I lived there for 15 years and I saw it pretty much every day downtown. Um, it's, it just seems like that's, it's as inevitable that once it gets into that population that it's going to be really tragic. Yeah. Um, if I can interrupt, yeah, go ahead. Uh, this is Cece. Yeah, I just wanted to point out that the homeless population in New York is actually um, a bit different than in LA. They tend to be um, placed in shelters more often. Um, and I think that's because, uh, well, I mean, compared to LA, and I think that's because the weather tends to get, you know, it's not so stable here. So, yeah. Um, so fortunately, there seem to be services, but unfortunately, like who knows how safe they they really are. Um, so, yeah. so it's a, a bit of a different situation. Yeah. Cece, do you have any questions? Yeah, actually, kind of wondering how do you guys feel about Cowboy Mouth? Kind of, I'm assuming having this like legendary status in New Orleans because now I'm sure there have been like. Obviously, there have been several waves of different um, band members. So what is that experience like to have that kind of legacy? For, for me personally, uh, it's just business as usual. Um, uh, I'm grateful for the gig. Um, I'm grateful that I have this gig. Um, uh, I'm constantly reminded by uh, my fellow bandmates um, that there's a lot of guys that would give their right leg to be in my spot because sometimes you can get aggravating and you can get up you know the, uh it, it, it is um a challenge um you're flying all over the world and all over the country and uh you get tired and you get as you get older it's a little bit more um challenging and um but uh i'm really grateful that i have this gig um uh, i love all my bandmates like no tomorrow um i love all my past bandmates like Jonathan and, and Paul and Steve Walters and Mary and Sonia and Cass and Regina and we're all still really close and we're all really good like a good family and we stay in touch and um, uh, I, I always had a joke in, in the band I've been it's been a joke that I always become friends best friends with the bass players and then they <laughs> <couldn't> leave <laughs> and, and um, it, it never fails but um, yeah uh, it's, uh, you know, we've got this new EP coming out and there's a lot, of, there's a big push and we've got new management and they're um, doing a really good job of uh, placing Fred in front of the camera and, and the interviews and whatnot. And um, uh, it's, uh, it feels still good. It's a little weird being at not being able to leave home, but um, uh, like, you know, when I'm off, I still, I'm still busy in here. So, um, uh, it's, uh, I, not like I shut down and do nothing. And, um, I do still go out and play tennis and I ride my mountain bike and I do fun things like that when you can, because those are actually one of the both, I think tennis and mountain biking are two of the best social distancing sports you can play. And, um, so, uh, but um, yeah, uh, and Matt, Matt Jones, great guitar player, smoking guitar player. And, and O'Brien's just a great rocker and a great bass player. So we have a really great lineup, you know, and right now I'm nothing to, I don't want to take away from past lineups, but 
you know, in the current lineup, it's very strong and it feels very good and really a bunch of great guys to play with. And everybody's real mellow and, and uh, unassuming and we have a great time. And I think it shows on stage. I think, you know, uh, it fascinates me that people come up to us after a show and say, man, how do you guys come up with that energy after all these years and all this, you know, I go, well, I attribute it to basically because we all love where our status and our position in the band and also that we get to do this every night. Uh, it's just a joy. And it's, I mean, what else would we do? I mean, I, I personally don't know what I would do. I'd be digging ditches in Louisiana or something, you know, but, um, uh, it, it's fun. It's still fun. It's still a lot of fun. And now that we've had all this time off, we're really going to have a lot of fun because it's going to be itching to get back into that, that mode again. And we already, we're already talking to each other in our threads. You know, we have our threads, uh, our own uh, band threads, and we're all like, you know, joking with each other and, and just trying to pass the time as best we can, you know. That's awesome. Uh, so we've got about seven minutes left and I can always like start a new chat and invite everybody. Um, any other questions? I saw CC has one more, but if anyone else has one, uh, raise your hand and uh, I'll get you on it. All right, cool. So CC was asking if uh, JP wants to talk about his time in Cowboy Mouth, if you're interested. JP. What happened? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, would you care to talk about your time in Cowboy Mouth, or is that maybe a little yeah, more sure. For you? Yeah, sure. Um, what would you like to know? <laughs> um, what was it like? What was, what was your initial, yeah. your initial uh, feeling when you first came in and did your first gig? I mean, uh, uh, you were already a seasoned guitar player. You've already been playing in bands around New Orleans. Um, it was... Was it, a little it was weird because, like, I didn't know anybody on the bus except for Fred. Um, so I just, I just kind of got thrown into it. And, you know, I think Griff was kind of like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> um, there wasn't really an audition process, so to speak. Like, I knew and had worked with Fred. And then, like, it kind of just – like, he was just like, hey, do you want, do you want the spot? So I said, sure. Um, so, yeah, Jordan was – was pretty wild um it was definitely you know kind of baptism by fire um i yeah, think the first show i did was the peabody rooftop in memphis um to probably like two thousand people uh yeah it was a lot of fun though um it was a pretty interesting uh you know upgrade from the band i'd been in prior to that that was just kind of slumming in clubs to 20 people um you know, all of a sudden, like, getting on a bus and being gone forever. It was a, a huge learning curve of um, going from one way of life to another, for sure. I got um, to hand it to people, like, uh, to JP, because, uh, you know, coming into a situation like this can't be easy. But I got to be honest with you, I never noticed it. He never flinched. He never, never, just, he just wrote it and like a pro. I mean, you would <laughs> never know he would. Be honest with you, it was like he felt. I felt like he was been in the band forever. You know, at, at, after a week into it, I was like, it didn't even feel like a new guy. Well, and I think also like I had an advantage coming into it um, that pre, you know, prior to being in it, I was like, I was an attendee. I was a fan. I was going to the shows anyway. 
Um, so it kind of was an easier transition in that, like, I kind of had an idea of like how things should be done in the context of the show. Like it wasn't a whole, like I, I'd seen enough of it to know like, okay, this is what my role should be. Um, so that helped a lot. And I think also that role, that, that history now, I think is what lends success to John and I writing together is like, I'm coming at it from, not only like a peer and someone who's worked with him, but also like a fan of his music and knowing like what I would like to hear him do. Uh, and also like what I've seen him be able to do that hasn't maybe gotten out before. So it's like my goal in, in making this record with him is like, how can I push him a little bit to do what I know he's capable of doing? Um, while you know keeping him comfortable but also like seeing how far out we can go with different things mm -hmm. um so it's been a lot of fun because like that was one of the things i one of my regrets with my time in the band was like i never felt like we were able to kind of like step out of the box that was already created um i really when we started making the record that we did when i was there i was really hoping it was going to be like you know let's establish this as like a new four-piece entity and move forward, you know, with this kind of new group of what we have and actually and play to everyone's strengths. Um, and we, that wasn't really the record that we made. Um, so now I think, you know, going forward with, with writing, writing with Griff, it's, you know, it's fun to see like, what can we do, you know, cause there's nothing really that the guy can't sing. Uh, he's got such a great voice. It's like, well, we can do anything. Um, so let's see what we want to do. Let's figure it out from there. Yeah. Jonathan's been really good about that. He's been really good about pushing me, uh, um, which is what I was really looking for in a, in a producer and, and, a, and a help uh, because uh, you tend to get locked into your own little head and you get, uh, you know, uh, it's easily, it's easy to get depressed, I guess, you know, and, um, uh, or that you, you're not, uh, how do I say this without uh, being PC? When you're, you tend to get overshadowed. Mm -hmm. if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, then you feel like your net worth isn't really as much as you thought it was. And uh, you need a reminder now and then that, hey man, you know, you're, you're good. You're good to go. You know, you, you're, you've got a voice. Uh-oh, sorry. <laughs> I got that, that little podcast I tried to put together the other day. Um, and uh, so it, it's a big help. Yeah, I see we have less than a minute, so. Um, oh, my okay, phone. yeah, uh, any uh, closing thoughts that you want to put out there, Griff? Thanks uh, uh, for your no, time. I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Rachel, for doing okay. this and what you do. And uh, I, I'm again, I'm flattered and honored that you would name your <laughs> podcast, Adobe and Teardrops. I know I've said that a million times to you, <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's really heartfelt and really, really cool. Well, I mean, thank you for everything you've done for me and uh, everyone else who's listening. Thanks to everyone who tuned in today. Um, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank and if you have you. any other questions or if you come up with any that you want me to pass on to Griff, I can do that. Um, cool. Well, we'll just call it a day. Yeah, cool. let's do that. Take care, everybody. Stay thanks. safe. Stay Rachel. healthy. Stay safe, Rachel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See ya. Bye, everybody.
Did you forget who you are? Who's the king of the world? Who's the rock and roll star? You forget who you are? Who's the king of the world? Who's your rock and roll star? Did you forget who you are? Where's the king of your world? Where's your rock and roll star? You forget who you are? Who's the king of your All original content is copyright Adobe and Teardrops. All original music is copywritten by their respective artists.